0: Welcome to Self-Made Marketer, the podcast for marketers and aspiring marketers who are bootstrapping their way to success. I'm your host, Janessa Stark, and welcome to episode one. We are ripping off the band-aid today. First ever episode. Um, I'd be lying if I said I was not a little bit nervous. I'm very much an introvert and putting myself out here. um, I know it's going to take some practice before it starts to feel kind of second nature, And that's okay. And that's the beautiful thing about like firsts of anything, like in the content world, like your first podcast, your first blog article, your first post, like I don't expect a million people to listen to this. So if you are one of the few who are tuning into this podcast from the get-go, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm sure you'll give me a little grace being a total newbie at this podcasting thing. So um, today, I wanted to start out by kind of introducing myself, but more than that, I thought I would share my story um, of how I became what I call a self-made marketer, um, because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of I think there's a lot of power in sharing your story. Um, I feel like, you know, when I, I know whenever I hear someone's story, and even just a little sliver of it feels familiar to me, just resonates with me in some way. It's really encouraging. And I think that's really important when you are, whether you're like a freelancer or you're building a bigger business, like an agency, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to like do all the things and wear all the hats and all that. um, I just think it's important to have those little kernels of inspiration and motivation and hear stories that you, again, even if they aren't exactly like yours, kind of give you something to hold on to and give you something to relate to. Um, I also really want to, one of my goals, I should say, with this podcast is to really pave the way and like light, shed light on stories that are maybe not so linear, because I feel like that's the reality with so many people's career paths, life paths. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, we, at least especially in America, there's like this linear path that you hear about like like you go from high school to college and then you get the job and you work in that job and you have a career and it but the reality is so much more less linear than that right there's so many twists and turns and and things that can change and that's certainly the case with my story um in a lot of big ways life has certainly thrown me some curveballs and it has kind of it's been discouraging at times. I won't lie. <laughs> Life has given me some speed bumps that um have been challenges for sure. But I've overcome them and that's another reason I wanted to share my story is for anyone who is struggling. In any way shape or form, I hope that hearing my story gives you some inspiration. And um as I kind of go through this, I have some notes because I know that my, because my path was so non-linear, um, it's going to be really easy to get off track. Hopefully that doesn't happen too much. Thank goodness for editing. I really hope I don't have to spend an hour in the editing on this one <laughs> uh, because there have been so many twists and turns. I just wrote out some bullet points and I'll try to Stick to the story without getting too far off track. Um, I will say, though, I kind of like it when I'm listening to someone tell a story and they kind of just share a little bit more about themselves. So I'm going to try not to be hard on myself if things get a little bit off track um, and hopefully it'll give me a little grace, too. Um, so my story is ultimately one of some might say rags to riches. I kind of I know a few people who have been through similar scenarios, so I think it's a lot more common than people realize. So, I actually um, was homeless when I, before I even turned 18, because of addiction issues, financial issues, all sorts of issues within my family. My parents got divorced when I was very young. um, And my, basically, my older siblings kind of robbed my parents blind and put them in really crappy situations. Um, And also, my mother had some dependency, drug and alcohol dependency issues. And so um, when my dad lost his house due to other people's addiction issues, um, when I was, I, I want to say I was like 16 going on 17 or maybe 17, um, that put me in a situation where I was just very much on my own. I had already dropped out of high school. Um, I did try to go back to high school and finish. Couldn't pass math. Um and ended up dropping out again because of that. That's literally the only thing I needed to graduate high school. And I just could not do it. So I was homeless as a teenager. And I really had to figure out my own path. I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And um, yeah, I mean, just like work whatever jobs I could to rent rooms, keep a room, o- keep a roof over my head, uh, throw people some money for letting me k- crash on their couch. And thank you so much to anyone who let me crash on their couch or stay with them through this time, which was a pretty turbulent long time. I would say, Um, you know, I didn't just like get on my feet and stay on my feet. I don't remember exactly, but I know that there were phases of things being a little bit better and then not being so great. So um, I just was in this cycle of just trying to fulfill my basic needs, basically, Um, And so I was like waitressing, bartending, working at the mall, working whatever jobs. But I always had this, I guess I would say, belief that I was destined to do something more with myself. I've always been a creative person. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, My best friend always said, like, you should write a book about your life. And (laughs) that's a whole can of worms instead of doing a podcast about my life. Um, no, but, um, I just really for a long time was in that situation where I wasn't really able to do more. But once I got to a situation, uh, where the financial, you know, the financial situation was just a little bit better, I decided to go and get my GED. So that's like the minimum requirement for a lot of jobs. And also if you want to go to college, you need to, I think you have to have your GED if you don't have your high school diploma. So I got my GED. Um, I was probably 18 or 19 at the time. And then I decided that I did want to go to community college. So I enrolled in my local community college, Portland Community College, PCC. And at the time, because I was really interested in writing, I thought that I wanted to be a journalist, a print journalist, um, or editorial or something like that. And I, you know, got my prereqs out of the way and started taking those classes But this was around like 2010, I want to say, 2009, 2010. And if you recall that time and like what was going on in the world and with the economy and journalism and the news in particular, um, basically newspapers, magazines, they were just shutting down, doing mass layoffs And I just remember like as someone who came from this very unstable financial situation, I didn't want to be setting myself up to go into a job market that was going to be like overly competitive, like overwhelming to the point where it was going to be discouraging and I might end up in dire straits all over again just because I had a degree that wasn't super applicable. I was still like in that mindset of you got to get the degree and have the career and all of that. Um, So yeah, that just was something I really took into consideration. And I'll be honest, something else I took into consideration was ethics. I took a class called Mass Media and Society, I believe it was called, and it kind of freaked me out. (laughs) This idea, basically learning that there are just people sitting in a room somewhere at CNN, at NBC, at Fox News, and it's literally just this circle of people who is deciding what's going to make the news and what's not, like what's newsworthy and what's not. And I realized that as a journalist and journalists in general, you really try to take an unbiased approach to things. But also knowing like human psychology, I was like, how is that even possible if you develop a team of people who have a lot in common or at least can work well together. You develop a team. How can you really make sure that what you're putting out there is unbiased? And we did this exercise where we watched the evening news and I really noticed how it affected my state of mind. And I basically decided that that wasn't what I wanted to be doing with my life on top of the financial, you know, issue that could possibly come from it. um, And then also that kind of ethical Part of my brain, um, I also like at that point in my life at like nineteen 20 years old, I cut out all news media, never let it back into my life since um, I shouldn't say that during during COVID. I definitely was like keeping up on some things because you kind of i would say quote unquote had to maybe not really, but um yeah, I don't let news media into my world I'm very um, that that made me i should say very selective about what I consume it's something I'm always getting better at, so I am grateful for that aspect of it of it helping me realize that what I put into my brain and like who I consume, what I consume, it's definitely going to have an impact on my mental health. It's going to have an impact on my entire life ultimately. Uh, That's my little tangent on that. But basically what happened is I went from journalism to multimedia. And multimedia is one of those things where it's kind of like when I tell people, I'm a social media manager, or like when I was solely a copywriter, if I told people I'm a copywriter, they get this look in their eye that's like, I should know what that means, but I don't. (laughs) So I like decided to go into multimedia. And when I was telling people that I was going into multimedia, I saw that look in people's eye for the very first time. I've seen it many times since. So if you don't know what multimedia is, it's studying various forms of media. I opted to focus on digital media. I did take one printmaking class, and that was really cool. But a lot of what I focused on was graphic design, web design, um, video editing. There's a lot of video editing and production. And so I kind of did. It was like, uh, I I only have an associate's degree, by the way. I only have a two-year degree. So it was just like a little bit, enough of everything to be like a little bit dangerous in all those areas. All right, I'm going to take a sip of tea. I have... um, This tea is, what is it? It's a throat coat tea mixed with Tulsi. So I like to drink this whenever I have to talk a lot, like if I'm about to get on a client call, just a quick tip, FYI. Some throat coat tea really goes a long way in making sure that your pipes stay loose and you don't get all scratchy. Okay, so where was I? Oh yes, I decided to switch my major to multimedia. So at that time, I knew a little bit about marketing, and this again was like 2010, 2011 at this point. So at this point, like social media managers, um, copywriters, like all of these potential jobs, I didn't even know that they existed. I was learning from some really awesome, you know, creative professionals. um, Portland, where I was living, is a really great hub for all of that. Like we have like Nike, Adidas, Wacom, Intel, like so many, um, there's so many tech related jobs there. And so I had some kind of idea of how the skills that I was learning were going to apply in the real world, but I didn't really, like I didn't understand what types of jobs I would really want to go after, if that makes sense. So I knew, you know, my professor is, oh, they create product renderings at Adidas or like they work at Intel or like whatever. But I didn't really understand how I was gonna turn these skills into a career. I just honestly was really loving the classes. (laughs) So it's kind of funny how I was like all worried about like my career and stuff. But then once I fell into the creative side, I just kind of focused on that and rolled with it. But that was good because it really helped me sharpen my skills. Um, It really helped me... Like I was learning the entire Adobe suite. And so being able to go into like Premiere and Photoshop and Illustrator and really just absorb all of it without kind of putting this expectation on myself, I think was really helpful. I would definitely recommend if you are someone who likes to know a little bit about everything, seek out like a multimedia certificate or a multimedia degree. I don't always believe that a degree is the way to go. Like I said, a certificate, usually you could do something that's like nine months, maybe a year and get that under your belt a lot sooner. That was an option at the school that I was in. I just so happened to have already had some credits that made my certificate into an associate's degree, if that makes sense. like I already had some classes done that gave me more credits, so it just made sense for me to... And I had already been there for a while. It made more sense for me to stay and get that degree versus just getting the certificate. But I digress again. Okay, so once I was in multimedia, I loved it. But I also had trouble physically, (laughs) like my body had a hard time being at a computer for a long time. And I was seeing people in my family, like my mom, my dad, aunts and uncles, just going through a lot of physical challenges. Um, and mental health challenges as well, and I discovered yoga at that time um, and really got into my yoga practice and so I decided that I also parallel to going to school was go I was going to go to yoga teacher training, go through yoga teacher training, which I did I found a local program I went through that, and I absolutely fell in love with that so by the time I got my degree, I also i think I had my teacher training certification or I was about to get it, but I just kind of made this almost split second decision to not pursue a degree or a degree, not pursue a job that leveraged my degree, but instead to go and be a yoga teacher. (laughs) So what was I thinking? Sometimes I think back on this and I'm like, I really didn't think that through very well. However, like My previous decision to switch from journalism to multimedia. This decision really worked out in my favor in a lot of ways because I was able to get in much better physical shape. I was never an athletic kid, I was always a bookworm, always a homebody. And so it really did transform my body. It gave me a lot of tools, psychological tools, uh, mindset tools as well. Because, like I said, like coming from, I'll just say the mess of a family that I came from. Um, and I do respect my parents and all the effort that they put in. I, I ha- always have to give that disclaimer, but things got really messy when I got older. I really came from kind of a mess. And <laughs> coming from that, and then learning about energy and chakras and balance and yin and yang and all of these uh, philosophies, it really was so helpful for me, especially as someone I, I consider myself like an empathic person or an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And I never really understood why I was so, I felt like I was very reactive to my environment. And I've since learned that a lot of people feel that way. I'm just very attuned to my surroundings and the people around me and their energy. And so I did deal with a lot of depression and anxiety when I was younger. I mean, I still definitely, you know, struggle with anxiety on some level. But having bringing yoga into my life at that time really helped me start to shed those layers um breath work was another big one pranayama that that really was a great tool for me i also around that time got into ayurveda i still to this day do ayurvedic cleansing every spring and fall so this basically this decision that i made it gave me a lot of tools and now you know being an entrepreneur having these mindset tools being able to take care of my body you know my body is my temple, Make sure that I am really taking care of it so that I can show up and perform professionally every day and be there for my husband and my family. Um, it really was a great decision in that respect. So I'm glad I made that like, "What are you doing?" decision <laughs> without too much thought, because it has given me so many tools. Um, so I taught yoga for several years, um, I think about five years. And I did try to do it full-time. I, I should say, I basically had a full-time teaching schedule between group classes and retreats and workshops and things, and had I had, some, I had a, a partner who I did retreats with, and we would sell out we would book out our retreats. I would sell out my workshops. My classes were full. Um, I had some amazing students, and still the financial situation was just never really adding up. So I should also say I got married um, shortly after I graduated college. And so at this point, I was like in a two-income household for a while. So I had that flexibility to try to do the thing that I wanted to do full time. So at one point I had I was like bartending and stuff on the side. I tried to cut that out, but the financial aspect did not add up. Now, had I thought to much sooner start a YouTube channel or start a membership or use my multimedia digital marketing skills. I shouldn't say digital marketing. I didn't have marketing skills yet. I had multimedia skills and put those to work for me. I think I would have been a lot more successful. I did dabble a little bit. I think I have a YouTube channel out there still. I feel free to go look for it, but (laughs) I know I didn't do much with it and I had a website at one point, but just didn't really give it the focus that it deserved. Because again, I had digital or not digital marketing. I had digital media skills, but I didn't have marketing skills. And there really is a difference there. So I knew how to build the things, but I didn't know how to get the visibility and grow the following and grow the community and all that. But I was also able to use those digital media skills that I had working at a yoga studio and was able to help a little bit with email marketing and flyers and things like that. So I was able to keep those skills fresh in my mind. So this is a very long-winded way of saying I tried to be a full-time yoga teacher. Financially, it just would not work because I wasn't, I'll just say I wasn't doing the right things. I wish I would have known what the right things were at that time. But because of that, I still had to go back to bartending, waitressing, And that was very hard on my body. Um, Really hats off to the career bartenders, the career servers, the career food industry and hospitality industry workers. That stuff is no joke on your body. It felt like no matter how much yoga I did, no matter how many massages I got, I worked the yoga studio that I worked at also had massage therapists there. So I had amazing healers all around me. It was like no matter what I did. I was in pain. My neck hurt, my back hurt, my hips hurt, my feet hurt all the time. And I got burned out. Now, I should also say I also was taking care of my mom around this time. She became very ill. She was severely diabetic. She's since passed on. Um, So now I look back on this time and I'm like, I wish I would have just, there was other resources available who could have taken care of her. I just wish that I wouldn't have been the person to do that. Because it, I feel like it took away a lot of quality time with my mom. And to anyone who is a caregiver for a parent or a loved one, like I salute you. Truly, it is a very difficult thing. Um, I really, yeah, I just I wish that time could have been a little less tumultuous. And I say tumultuous because I hate dealing with the healthcare system. It's a sick care system, at least here in America. It is. Um, I absolutely hate it. And it was so frustrating to see my mom, a person who truly needed help like with addiction and who needed mental health support, just not getting what she needed and just getting band-aids slapped all over things. Um, so that was really difficult. So that layered with teaching. And by the way, teaching meant because I live in a suburban area, driving all over the place. So because I was teaching at multiple studios, I would drive sometimes like 100 miles in a day to get to all my classes. One of my classes was like out in like I was living in Vancouver at the time, Vancouver, Washington. It was out in like Tannisbourne or Tualatin or something. And then another one was in Portland and then I had to come back to Vancouver. And so I was like all over the place teaching. And so that was very exhausting. Layered on top of that, the physical and I'll say mental exhaustion as well that comes with working in the service industry. As much as I did like working, you know, being a bartender. I still love mixology, all that stuff. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed these things independently, but having to stack them together really burned me out. So at this point, it's been a handful of years. I've tried this thing that I wanted to do, teaching yoga. And um, on. in some ways, some people will look at it and be like, oh, you're really successful. Um, in other ways, like I just did not feel like a success. Like I said, totally burned out. Um, My husband also was in the Navy at this time, and sometimes he was away. We had three big dogs at home. There's a whole other layer to the equation. My life recipe was just chaotic, um, and I didn't want it to be chaotic. So I don't remember exactly what it looked like when I was like, oh, I want to do something different. I think it just was like an internal thing that I was open to something new. Um, I should say, I guess I, I don't feel like I did a lot of seeking out of solutions. So one day, though, I was on Instagram and I saw an ad for a, it, it was basically positioned like make money writing. And instantly I'm like, ooh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so I clicked the ad, it led to a free course that taught me about the wonderful world of copywriting. And again, having come from this educational background of understanding digital media, I was like, Why the fuck didn't anyone tell me that copywriting was a thing? Guidance counselors, teachers, we had someone come from a marketing agency, we had somebody come from Wyden Kennedy, I think, and speak at our school. I still had no idea what a copywriter was, you guys. This just goes to show how many opportunities there are out there, even if you think you know everything that's available to you. I promise you don't. So I took this free course and it resonated with me. This is the Write Your Way to Freedom course, by the way, um, Sarah Turner's course. Um, I think I'm going to do an episode about my experience with this course because I still get to this day. It's been like six years since I took this course and gave a testimonial so much. I've, I have so much more to say about it um, and people still DM me about it, like on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, I think I'll do an episode on that separately. Uh, if that is something that you're interested in, why don't you DM me on Instagram and let me know that you want to hear my thoughts on that course? Um but anyway, I decided to invest in the actual course. so I took the free course. I was like, this is it. I'm going for it i'm I've always been kind of a very all in person, which you might be able to tell, like looking at all the pivots that I've made, like even if they are, I guess kind of rash decisions, <laughs> I make a decision and I stick with it. So at this point, I should also say financially, things still were definitely very rocky. I know that, you know, we had some like within my uh, just close family, there were some health issues that led to some financial issues. And so things were pretty tight. But I made a decision to put that course on a credit card and probably the best decision of my life, I'll just say. um I don't remember exactly how long it was that it like I was able to start phasing out some of my jobs, right because I was teaching at multiple yoga studios. I think I was bartending at a couple of places. I had to start phasing things out and um, eventually I was able to quit doing all of that entirely. Eventually the state, the you know government agencies did step in and help taking care of my mom a little bit, um, which was still very was still a lot, but um, emotionally, I should say. But uh, that really cleared my plate to focus on this. And I was able to get some clients, get some big projects, and I really fell in love with copywriting. I think anyone who has fallen in love with, whether it's copywriting, social media management, graphic design, you know exactly what I mean, whatever it is that you've fallen in love with. It feels like coming home. And that's exactly what that felt like, especially because I was now a part of a community of copywriters that really made a big difference. And I felt like I was really learning a valuable skill. And I'll say, though, where I kind of went wrong every time I think back on this phase, I think it was about a year that I was really just a copywriter and I was putting myself out there as a copywriter. I had just a few retainer clients and they weren't big retainers and I instead was focusing on projects. Um, I think that's a really common trap. So I I wanted to put that out there. Monthly retainer model, I think, is the best model and that's actually what Sarah Turner tells you to really focus on. And I think I did take the advice in some ways, but I didn't really really follow that (laughs) advice to a T. So I ended up kind of burning myself out on the project cycle so it got to a point where some of my projects were coming to a close but i had this nice stash of cash and i was like okay i'm gonna take a break from projects i don't even think i said i'm gonna make a conscious effort to get more retainer clients i had a few that was like enough you know to pay the bills and you know have the bare minimum financials taken care of so i was like okay i'm just gonna skate by for a while Well, around the end of that period, I got into a car accident and totaled my car. And (laughs) in some ways, it was a good thing because I hated that car. I was like locked into a loan that I hated or locked into a loan for a car that I hated. I had bought this car when I was driving to all these yoga classes when I was running around driving 100 miles a day. So it was just like a compact. It was a Chevy Cruze is what it was. Super compact. Um, I had three, two or three big dogs at this point. It didn't really make sense for my life. My husband had a truck, but he, I think he was still in the Navy or just like working locally and, and gone for long hours. I don't remember. But I, I the point is, I, I had to have a vehicle at this point. Again, I live in the suburbs. My mom lived like 20 minutes away and I still had to go, um, I still went, you know, was going to visit her regularly. So just all these things were going on to where I absolutely had to have a car. And I kind of was thinking, sure, no problem. Um, I don't want this car anyway. My insurance deemed it total. And so I was basically free and clear of this loan. So I got out of the loan and I was like, okay, I'm going to get my dream car. And sometimes people laugh when I tell them my dream car, but it's my dream car. Okay, my dream car is a Subaru Outback. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of stereotypes that go along with that but it is my dream car. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go test drive some Subarus. And I did, and it got to the paperwork, money point of the day. And I learned that banks do not like to give loans to newbie freelancers. So if you are someone who is planning to get a vehicle loan, get a home loan, get a major loan of any kind, you need usually two years of like history of income, of paying yourself, basically. And I didn't have that at that point. I think some banks will do one year, but the banks that I was dealing with are like, you need two years of history. And so I was like, great, I can't get a car. Um, I kind of was, felt like I was being forced into having to go get a job. But I decided that that would also be a good thing because I could work in a marketing agency and get some of that experience, which I honestly was very curious about. So I am very introverted, but because of that, I never make an effort to get myself into social situations or collaborative situations. And so I thought maybe it would be good if I go to an agency and also to just learn more skills, you know, learning on the job, the very real thing. Um, and there's a lot of value in that. So I applied at a couple of local agencies. I think I only sent out like three or four applications. And one of them I heard back from. That was a no-go. The other one wanted me to come in for an interview and do a test project. The test project, thank God, was writing blog articles. So that's actually what I was mainly doing um for my retainer clients as a copywriter was blog articles a lot of my projects were website copy email copy um so i felt like i had a really good handle on that and i totally crushed it um i'll just say on <laughs> the test project and did a couple of interviews got the job and you know going into this i thought i'll probably work here for like three to six months see what happens Get my proof of income, get my car, all of that good stuff uh so I started working there, started out as a social media or i think i I think I started out as a digital marketing specialist was my title because the company did some restructuring um after I started, and then i I eventually became they called me a social media specialist, I think, even though or maybe it was the other way around. I think I started out as a social media specialist, they changed it to digital marketing specialist. Because I was doing more than social media. Um, I had opportunities to write blog articles, website copy, do some SEO work, all that good stuff. And working there, I learned that I actually really like having some dynamic opportunities in my workday. You know, having, you know, one day you're focused on writing this web copy. Another day you're just focused on social content. My brain really enjoyed that. And that taught me something about myself because as a copywriter, I did just say to everyone, even though I had these other skills, um, I'm only writing your copy. Like, even though I could put it in your blog, I could put it on your homepage of your website, I could put your website, copy it for you. I knew how to do that. That's literally what I went to school for. I kind of was cutting myself off from those opportunities. I think I did do a couple website designs website I was assisting with some websites but for the most part I really was just writing the copy so it got to a point though where I felt like I wanted to do more like that's why I think I started like taking on all these projects when I was a copywriter solely a copywriter I think I had trouble putting myself kind of in that box so once I got to the agency and I got to incorporate these different things into my workflow, I was like, oh, I can do this. So that was a really cool thing to learn about myself, Um, you know, knowing that I like to switch things up. um, I like to have these multiple layers to what I'm doing. And social media management in itself is like that. So I managed at any given time, anywhere between 15 and 30 social media accounts. And just imagine that, like if you have managed a social media account where you're a social media manager, just really let that sink in. So that was creating the content and, you know, distributing it, getting some of it through approvals. We didn't have approvals for all of our clients, but we did for some. I'm keeping the uh, client brief updated, uh, communicating with clients, uh, all that. Like I, I did all of that engaging on accounts. And um, I really fell in love with that process. So before that, my experience with social media, like I said, I didn't even know that a social media manager existed when I was in school. By the time I was a copywriter, it was definitely something I was aware of, but not really something I considered. But once I got to the agency and I started doing that, I realized, wow, this is really something that stacks all of my skills, right? The design, these different formats of media, like Instagram is a multimedia playground these days, um, or I should say social media in general. We've got our static, static media, we've got our video media, so many different things to play with, and so I just absolutely fell in love with that. I was not expecting to. I thought, like I said, I was going to go into this, give it a go, get my car. I did get my car, by the way. I still have it. I absolutely love my car, and I got a 2015 Subaru Outback. But uh, 18 months later, I was still working at the agency and I really did love it. I got a promotion. I learned analytics. We went through an in-house analytics trading. And that for me was also a game changer. And so if you are someone who's thinking about going into an agency experience, I would say try it. Um, You know, if you are a freelancer or, you know, you're just coming out of college, I think it really is helpful and I recommend it or at least um, collaborating with some other freelancers in a way that functions like an agency because I learned how to collaborate. Um, I learned how to optimize my workflows. I learned this new super valuable skill, analytics. Um, I did the whole Google Analytics training and certification, all of that. And um, their in-house training was so much more valuable than just like sitting out a screen and learning these things, um, or trying to learn them from super boring, and I'll just say very boring and dated videos that Google gives you. Um, So that was really transformative for me. I also learned, uh, we did a, like a strength, strengths finder type test. I don't think it was called, it might've been strengths finder, or it's just something like that. And I learned that my, my number one strength across the board in like all but one area, all of my strengths across all of the categories was strategy. And then for one of the categories was command. So I can, I had this leadership quality about me, which I kind of knew from teaching yoga, but I also found kind of surprising. Um, But yeah, strategy was really my thing. And that makes so much sense because I'll say I'm like, I'm kind of type A in that I really want things done in a very specific order. Like my husband one time, I was like, you're doing the laundry wrong. And he's like, no, you're just very strategic about how you do the laundry. <laughs> I realized he was totally right. Like, I have like a system, like I clean all of the counters with towels. Like, we don't do a whole lot of paper towels in our house. Got to be sustainable. So I clean with towels and then I throw the towels in the washer and then the laundry can start. And it's like, until that happens, no, is <laughs> getting done. Um, so that's just a funny example of like how like strategic I am with everything. Um, and so that got me really more interested in the strategy side of marketing. Now, of course, because I was in it every day, I naturally am like strategizing on the spot, but I just became more interested in that and playing to that strength. And so I did have some opportunities at the agency to do that. I did like a, just like a, what do you call it? Like a horizontal promotion where Got the promotion in the social media department, and then I moved over to, um, I think, account services and was working with the account managers who are also the strategists, and got to see that a lot more. Also got to um, help with a little bit of um, systems, implementation, and business development. So that was really great. I basically learned that everything can be strategic, and the more strategic you are with marketing, everything, like everything that touches marketing, it is going to be so much better. And I love being able to sit down and be like, okay, here's our system for this. Here's our checklist. Here's the templates you're going to use. Here's the SOP. I love doing that shit. Um, I also love applying strategy to creativity. So as I'm like absorbing all of this, I my wheels are turning because I kind of feel like I'm a born entrepreneur. Um, I loved working at the agency, but I also felt like I was not honoring my dreams and my you know, my goals to have just be kind of an independent, have my own business basically, be more independent, um, remove any ceiling from my income, from my potential, and just go after what I really wanted to be doing and also to work with businesses that align with my values. At the agency, we specialized in real estate and it's like kind of neutral, um, so I didn't really feel like I was necessarily doing things that align with my values. It wasn't necessarily not. Um, sometimes because we were doing this through COVID, sometimes things would come up that made me like question what the heck's going on just related to rentals and evictions and all that stuff. But that was all peripheral noise, basically, like what I was doing on a daily basis. I just felt like it wasn't. The, the type of work that the type of work was good. The, the reasoning, the why behind the work wasn't really lighting me up. So my entrepreneurial spirit just started coming up and saying, hey, Janessa, it's time to go back out on your own again. And some other things also happened that contributed to that. Um, New Year's Eve of 2020, I got a phone call from a friend informing me that one of our friends had passed away who is just our age and that plus my dog passed away um these things just reminded me how short life really is and that tomorrow is not guaranteed so in february of 2020 or maybe it was march Fe- no february because we 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 were working no, it might have been a little bit later than that. We were working from home, but it hadn't been for very long. I don't remember the exact timeline. Basically, like early spring 2020, I put in my notice at the agency and was like, I'm going to make this freelancing thing work again. And so put in my notice and I did still have a couple of retainers from when I was a copywriter. I kept a couple retainers on the side. Uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's like you never really want to cut off those ties. You want to keep keep the door open. So I had some like really low lift projects, just like writing a couple blog articles a month going on on the side. And I, one of those clients was interested in social media management services. So I put together a proposal, pitched it. They wanted it. Great. Got my first social media management client. My second social media management client was someone I didn't know, and just, I think they came from LinkedIn. I don't remember exactly, but they ended up in my inbox, and on that uh, discovery call, they told me that their budget was $400. Red flags, red flags. Uh, and they wanted a crazy amount of work. They wanted 45 No. 90 posts a month they wanted 90 posts a month 30 posts they wanted daily posts basically on i think it was instagram twitter god knows why and linkedin and instead of stepping in and being like look i'm the strategist let's build one platform at a time because i know that's the right thing to do i just agreed to it along with engagement it was disturbing how much work i had to do for that little money But at that point, also, my financial situation was still very rocky because remember, I kind of had this little nest egg from copywriting that I burned through because I stopped taking on projects and then my car got totaled and then I went and worked at the agency, which when you look at the amount of money that you make at an agency versus like in an entry level, mid-level position versus what you can make as a freelancer, there's a big gap there. So for 18 months, my income was much lower than I wanted it to be. And also there was still like health stuff going on, peripherally in my life that was affecting income. And so I was in the red financially for sure. I don't remember. I think it was around like $30,000 in debt is what it added up to. Part of that was medical. Um, But yeah, it was not a great situation. So because of that, I took the low paying red flag client. (laughs) And uh, thankfully, though, I knew not to sign a super long contract. We just did like three months. um, And through that three months, I did everything that I could to track every result that I got for that client. This is where my analytics education really paid off. And I was able to take some of those case studies transformations and transformations from my other client and use those pitching to clients that I actually wanted um, or that I really wanted to work with Um, and so this was truly me going after brands that align with my values and to this day I think all but like I ended up getting like five or six clients pretty quickly I think all but two of those clients are still on my client roster plus some more clients I was able to use results to really attract the businesses that I wanted to be working with. So it goes back to that thing of like, why am I doing the work that I'm doing? Um, I really wanted to be working with businesses that were not just putting a bunch of useless crap out into the world. Um, So I specialize in e-commerce, but I also uh, was working with and still work with a sustainable infrastructure company and really getting this kind of eclectic mix of uh, businesses in the ethical, sustainable sphere. And that allows me to sleep like a baby at night. (laughs) But at this time, as I'm building my client roster, it happened really freaking fast. So I got a couple of great clients. They referred me, a marketing manager that I was working with referred me to some other clients. It was like a landslide of client work landing in my lap. And uh, I did everything I could to keep up with it. But it really got to the point where it was feeling like too much. So Again, I kind of made this split second decision, like I'm going to build an agency without really putting a whole lot of thought into it. So my agency was called Little Dipper Agency. I really just worked with some contractors. I didn't hire anyone on um, hourly or anything like that. Um, So that did allow me to keep things pretty lean and mean. But it was kind of like for how strategic I am, it was kind of sloppy in that I didn't want to put... Too much on any one contractor's plate because I was afraid of them leaving me. I guess it was like a catch twenty two like I didn't want employees um, and that's kind of I, I feel like I'll probably do a whole episode on why I didn't want employees. Um, it goes so much deeper than just like the financial aspect of my business and all that um it is kind of more of an ethical thing for me. I didn't want employees i but I also didn't want to give contractors you know enough work to to worry it was going to put the business in jeopardy if they had to step away cuz that's the nature of contract work so it was this really tricky kind of balancing act and I still found myself working really long days and on top of that I found myself doing something I hate doing which is managing people so even though I have this this strength of command of you know leading it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to sit down with someone and nitpick their work and, you know, get them to a place where they're like, I don't know, just obeying everything I say. I, I just I have this weird relationship with managing people. I think part of it is that I don't like to be managed. Um, I like people to give me the information that I need and I like to efficiently get my job done. And so I felt like that was just like a very inefficient way to work on top of me having to do all this work because I was afraid of doling out too much to one person. And some people did leave. Um, Some of the contractors that I was working with did end up having to step away. So that just to me, it was like validating my fear. And I had this realization like, oh, my gosh, I do not want to manage people. What am I doing building an agency? So I put a lot more thought into it this time about what is my business actually going to look like as a solopreneur. And thankfully, I did have some really good examples of entrepreneurs who have taken this route of just being solopreneurs, maybe bringing in a contractor when they need something done. So I really looked to those people, say Laura Belgray is one of them. She's an amazing copywriter. She has um, subscribed to her email. She has really great emails. Um, so I kind of had these role models. There's a couple other folks too, but I'm not remembering them right now where I was like, you can do this. You can build a really successful business as a team of one and just get support when you need it. So I don't remember exact. I think it, it was like a year that I was trying to do this agency thing. And then I decided, mm, no, let my last contractor go and reposition myself as a, hired gun, a freelancer, um, a solopreneur. And I think that that like that decision felt so true to me. And that's how I knew I was definitely making the right decision. It felt so much easier. Um, Even though I had to like go and redo my website, update my LinkedIn, all this stuff, I had this big checklist. It was kind of cathartic to go through all that because it felt another situation where I just felt like I was coming home. Now, as a freelancer, the other beautiful thing is that it's so much easier to pivot. So when I was building an agency, it was kind of like digital marketing, and I would take on a lot of the social media and dole out like copywriting. Uh, We did like some podcast promotion and transcription, dole out those kinds of things to other people. But as a solopreneur, it was like, ooh, I can be more flexible with the projects I take on. They don't all have to fit into this bucket. So I went a little bit crazy taking stuff on, I'll say, um, and did kind of find that even though I like my days to be pretty dynamic, there is a line where it's too dynamic. (laughs) I reeled things in again and got my packages really dialed in. And so now that's the business that I have today. I created. Uh, my social media management packages, which has been the bread and butter of my business since I left the agency. But I just got more clear on exactly what's included, who each one is best for. I put a lot more strategic thought into, you know, their their structure and what's actually going to serve my clients, the types of clients that I want to go after. And that has been a game changer. I created a pitch deck. So things are way more standardized now. And so I have my core services, and then I'd say that's like 80% of my revenue, and then like 20% is I do occasionally take on projects for existing clients. Usually, I don't usually take on projects for clients that are just coming out of the clear blue sky, and then I do a little bit of consulting as well. Um, So that is how I've been able to really build a sustainable business for myself, To this day or today, I um, pretty much just spend like 20 hours a week on client work, and that has allowed me to have availability and flexibility to build out an online course. I have a course now on social media analytics. I just released a free analytics training. I should probably put that in the description. So look for that if you are a social media manager or a VA who wants to learn about analytics. um, I'll put that link in the description. So... Going from homeless to two-time, I'll say, freelancer, entrepreneur, and working at an agency is a pretty big stretch when I stand back and look at it. And it has had, like I, I said in the beginning, a lot of twists and turns, a lot of ups and downs, but that has given me like the yoga twist and turn, right? The yoga veer that i took that gave me so many tools to this day i wake up in the morning i do my yoga practice i do meditate do some breath work and that really sets the tone for my day and helps me be so much more successful oh my gosh tea is so good okay so that's where i am today but i just wanted to share um a couple takeaways with you guys If you are someone who is, you know, in one of those tricky situations, whether it's financial or you are, you know, dealing with homelessness, um, you are struggling with, um, you know, your family, your relationships, just know that you can see your way out of it. Really trust your gut. I trusted my gut through this whole situation, uh, you know, early on being homeless for probably a couple of years, um, you know, really listening to that inner voice of you can do more. I mean, how many people do you hear, oh, I dropped out of high school, I started out homeless, and they either stay homeless or they just stay in like not great situations or they end up in crappy relationships. Lord knows I've had my share of those um, before I met my husband. And you just end up in not so great situations. But if you have this feeling like, And I think everyone really does have this feeling that they're destined for something more, not to sound dramatic, but I think we all really are. Try to find ways to do that. Like for me, my GED was a stepping stone to college. Um, You know, don't let these things that you have to do discourage you, even if they don't sound like fun. I remember getting my GED was the last thing I wanted to do. I was like, well, anything with school. I'm still jaded about my high school experience, I'll say. I don't believe the educational system. Serves everyone. And that's actually one of the reasons that I decided to number one, start this podcast, number two, have an online course. I also have some other online offerings in the works. Um, I wish that I would have discovered copywriting, social media management, just digital media in general and marketing in general. If someone would have gone into my call or my high school classroom and told me these things that was possible that I could do, that I could make money writing, that I can make money creating. That would have been a game changer. That would have been a game changer. Don't like we need to stop going into high schools telling people here's how much money you can make if you get a Ivy League degree versus how much if not. First of all, those numbers are completely fudged at this point. That's the cat's out of the bag on that one. Um, second of all, that makes people who are in these situations where they can barely put food in their bellies and a roof over their head feel like there's no hope for them. Let's start. Teaching people what I'll call digital trades, right? Let's start teaching people that they can build something out of nothing. They can build a business, or there's all these other options available to them. A little bit of a tangent there, but that's truly how I feel about it. That's one thing that I get really fired up about is feeling like I was kind of screwed over in high school. Um, I also, like, I remember talking to guidance counselors and teachers and saying, like, I'm bored. I feel like, Like, I'm not being, you know, challenged in these different ways. Um, And also, like, I'm just struggling. I've had the same math teacher three times. I can't pass their class. Something's wrong here. Maybe it's them and it's not me. Oh, and by the way, by the time I got to college, um, I did my prereq math class and passed it with no problem. So there's that for you. Um, So a little bitter about that, but I think that that can be a good thing. Maybe that's another lesson. If you are feeling really passionate about something, start telling your story, start telling other people. That's definitely one thing for me. I, whenever I get into a conversation about education and entrepreneurship or just, you know, having a life of freedom, whatever that looks like to you, I get really fired up about it. All right. Consulting the notes. Let's stick to the, stick to the script here in some respect. <laughs> so another thing is play to your strengths so the example of me trying to build an agency that was not me playing to my strengths that was me playing to chaos (laughs) my my business was looking good on paper but i hated it i absolutely hated it and my my relationship suffered because of it i was so stressed out i remember in that period i would like wake up really early i would be checking my notifications super early it would like spill over into my evening. I basically felt like I had no life and there was absolutely no reason for it. Um, So yeah, play to your strengths. Um, The other thing is to um, be careful about or just be mindful about who and what you consume. So through this whole process, like the content that you consume through this whole process, I had some guiding lights. Um, Jen Sincero, her book, You Are a Badass, and her other one, or she has a couple other ones, her work really was an inspiration to me. Um, also, just like big some bigger names in marketing like Marie Forleo, and I mentioned Laura Belgray. Um, you know, these people really, even though I was just consuming their podcast or reading their book or whatever, they really helped me. Now, I also um, fell into the trap of subscribing to, following, you know, consuming whatever other content that I hadn't really, I was just kind of mindlessly consuming it, I guess. So listening to podcasts, scrolling on social media, just consuming things that didn't really coordinate with where I wanted to go. And that is part of what made me have this almost like FOMO or like feeling like I needed to build an agency or there's been like so many micro decisions that I've made in my business that were influenced by what other people were doing. Oh, here's here's a really good one. When I was a copywriter, I joined a membership, a monthly membership for copywriters, and it completely overwhelmed me and got me sidetracked. That's actually, I think, what led to me taking on all these projects is because I was like, ooh, I want to try out all this stuff that I keep hearing about that other people are doing, but it wasn't playing to my strengths. It was absolutely draining me. So definitely play to your strengths um, and be careful who you consume. So that's kind of both of those lessons rolled up in one. All right, you guys, I hope that this gives you some inspiration, makes you feel like if your path hasn't been completely straight and narrow, that's okay because it is okay. And I think that's completely normal. I think this whole myth of, like I said, the like go to college, get the career, like that's that's a myth in my book. Um, Yes, it does happen. But I just think that it's only for a very specific type of person. And if you feel like you're a born entrepreneur or you're a born marketer or you're just supposed to go into this one field, even if you're realizing this after college or after, you know, X amount of time, if you're realizing this later in life, that's okay, right? We're all doing the best with what we have. Once we have the information that we need, it can help us make the decision. So this episode is definitely a lot, it's way different from what's going to be coming up in future episodes. Um, In future episodes, I'm going to be talking tactics, strategies, also a little bit of mindset that will really help you as you either set off as a freelancer or, you know, whether you want to go into um, an agency experience as a marketer or even if you are a founder or an entrepreneur who is trying to like DIY your marketing, you're just on some sort of non-traditional path, you're carving out your own path. My hope is that what I share with you will help you make better decisions, be more intentional with what you're doing and, you know, get where you're going faster. So thank you so much for tuning into my story. Um, Subscribe if you feel like, obviously this is content that's for you. Um, hit the follow button or subscribe, whatever platform you're watching or listening on. I am going to be putting this on YouTube. So follow along if you want those tactics, strategies, and mindset tips to help you on your journey. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in.